If you were here last week, give me a wave. I had lots of great feedback um, during the week. Different people spoke to, even just testimonies of things that took place after uh, that just lined up with what God was speaking last Sunday. Really encouraging. And our hubs uh, were just really good. So much good reports from hubs this last week as well. Each four hubs met. There was a number of people at them, and they were just full of life. If you're not in a hub, you can come along. The next hub week is the 6th to the 10th of January. It will be during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so you can find a local hub, get along to it. I guarantee you will be blessed if you go. In fact, just tell the person next to you, go to a hub. There you go. You've been told. Amen. Uh, But I want to continue this series on winning at work. If you want a title for this morning's message, it's this. It's the spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence. You know, we came from uh, a number of different angles last week in how we can win at work. Uh, But really the first of it was the key to winning at work was to be nice. Google did their uh, massive survey. They interviewed so many, spent millions of pounds, and their key to a successful team was they were nice to one another. Well, who knows? We don't need to spend millions of pounds to discover that. It's a very biblical concept that we should treat each other the way we want to be treated. Uh, But this morning, I want to specifically zone in on this spirit of excellence. Now, here's what the Bible tells us. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. It says this, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. What's it saying? It's saying that Daniel received promotion because there was a spirit of excellence in him. Can I tell you, if we're going to see breakthrough in This coming year, we need to have a spirit of excellence. You say, well, pastor, I work in a hostile environment. Can anyone relate to that? Anyone say, yeah, that's me right now. You say, it's a bit hostile where I'm working. Can I tell you about Daniel? Daniel was in captivity. Daniel was persecuted. Daniel's name was changed. He couldn't even be called Daniel. He had to be called Belshazzar. His whole name was changed. It was, uh, he was told what he could eat and what he couldn't eat. He was told when he could pray and what he couldn't pray. It was a hostile environment, and yet he still excelled. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how hostile your environment, you still have the ability to stand out. In fact, can I tell you, if your environment is hostile... Maybe it needs you to stand out. Some people say sometimes, well, no one in my workplace ever says please or thank you. Can I tell you that's not a hostile environment? (laughs) That's a busy environment. Sometimes what you perceive as hostility is actually stress and busyness. And maybe what you need is to go, no, I'm not going to be affected by the people around me. But I'm going to walk with an excellent spirit. Can you say amen to that? In fact, Daniel refused to compromise who he was even when he was thrown into the lion's den. 
he still had an excellent spirit. And we're talking about hostile environments. We're talking about environments of persecution, environments of problems. And yet, he still had an excellent spirit. So what does the Bible show us was what promoted Daniel. It's very clear in this scripture, Daniel was not promoted because of his wisdom. Daniel was promoted because an excellent spirit was in him. If we really want to get down to what is going to make the difference in our workplaces, the difference is going to be a spirit of excellence. I'm, I'm going to teach you this morning. Is that all right? I, I, I want to I impart something. Why? Because I want 2020 to be blessed. You know, I often tell you, we don't need your money. We don't need your money. God provides for this house. He's continued to provide for this house. But can I tell you there is another side to this? If you get promoted, guess what? Your tithe goes up and the church gets more money. So maybe it's a little selfish, but I want you to be promoted. I'm joking, but you get the idea. Let me ask you a question. Who wants promotion in 2020? I want to see who I'm preaching to. Who wants a new job in 2020? You say, yeah, we need something to break through. We need something to change. We need an excellent spirit. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that as we go into this teaching, that something will begin to click inside of us. God, I pray that it wouldn't just be a, a razzmatazz, but it would be an impartation today. God, I pray that there would be something that would shift us in our attitudes, shift us in our mindsets. Whatever we're facing at work today would begin to change in these coming moments. And that as we go through the rest of this year, we'd position ourselves for increase in 2020. Father, I pray for a spirit of excellence to be released over each and every one of us. That we would step into what you have for us. Let this be a year where we rise. Because rising and falling is from our God and not from any other person. And so, Father, we speak rise over every life right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, a spirit of excellence is one that is anchored to the things of God. This is the key that will bring you through trials and tribulations. It will enable you to succeed, enable you to have favor, and it will enable you to fulfill all that God has ordained for you to accomplish in your lifetime. So what is excellence? Let me define it for you. It's the quality of being outstanding or extremely good, distinction, quality, superiority, brilliance, greatness, merit, caliber, eminence, and mastery. Who wants to be described in that way? Some of you are thinking, pastor's talking about me right now. Wouldn't that be awesome that actually we would be known for our greatness one second. Gracie Beth, you need to go into kids' group. Now. Thank you. My child, so I had to do something. Sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if we were known for that kind of thing? What's the opposite of 
excellence. Well, there are enemies to excellence. That's mediocre. That's average. That's a procrastinator. That's low self-esteem. That's lazy. That's compromise. Low motivation. Poor communicator. Prideful. Complacent. Arrogant. Boastful. Conceited. Callous. Shall I carry on? Inconsistent. Excuse-driven, unreliable, unforgiving, negative, doubtful, slothful, easily offended, faithless, rebellious. In fact, this is how the Bible defines mediocrity. Average, ordinary, of only moderate quality. Not very good. Middling. Middle of the road. Uninspired, undistinguished, indifferent, unexceptional, unexciting, unremarkable, and run of the mill. Some of you are thinking, Pastor's describing me right now. No, of course you're not. Who knows that reality is we probably would never describe ourselves that way. But who knows we can still operate that way. Are you hearing me this morning? You see, here's the thing with Daniel. When you're in a situation that's hostile... Maybe the hostility is because you're not operating in mediocrity. You will make people hostile in a mediocre environment when you operate in a spirit of excellence. Good preaching, Pastor John. But we're not to live mediocre, run-of-the-mill, unremarkable lives. We're to live lives of greatness. Can you say amen to that? So how do we establish a spirit of excellence in our lives? Well, I want to show you a number of ways that we need to apply the spirit of excellence. The first one is this. We need to apply excellence in every area of our life. We all know that we need to apply excellence in our workplace. This is what this series is about. It's about the fact that we work for the Lord and not for our employees. Doesn't matter whether they appreciate you, doesn't matter whether they pay you enough, they are not your boss. Your boss is the Lord. And when you go to work, you are working for the Lord, and it's from the Lord that He will promote. And you may go in there and you may be frustrated, you may be there, but can I tell you, when you apply the spirit of excellence, you position yourself for increase in your life. If you want to live mediocre, you will stay at the same level all of your life. Why? Because mediocrity will hold you down. But when you say, actually, I'm going to live under a spirit of excellence, you will begin to see breakthrough. So how do we apply excellence in our workplace? Show up 10 minutes early. Basic practical steps. You know, I believe that on time is late. That's just the way I am. Oh, what I want. <laughs> On time is late. You should get there early, five minutes before, ten minutes before. Why? Because then if something goes wrong, guess what? You're still not late. <laughs> yeah, I'm preaching to one of my leaders right now. It's like, shut <laughs> Can I tell you church starts at 11 o'clock? Okay, I won't go there. I won't go there. I'm kidding. But show up to work on time. Carry a spirit of excellence. Something about you that says, I am committed to what I'm doing. 
Can you say amen? Sorry if it's too practical for you again, but I want to see change in your life. Don't pack up to leave until it's time to clock off. You finish work at 5 o'clock. That does not mean at 10 to 5, you start packing your bags so that at 5 o'clock, boom, I'm out the door. What am I doing? I'm living with a spirit of excellence that says I am not going to stay at this level the rest of my life. You say it sounds like hard work, Pastor. No, it sounds like positioning for a better future. Yeah, that is a good place to clap. Yeah. Don't surf the internet and play games. I said it last week, but manage your transitions. There's nothing wrong with checking the news, checking this. But if every time you finish a task, you spend 30 minutes before you go on to the next task, guess what? You are not living in a spirit of excellence. Can I tell you I'm preaching to myself? Check Facebook. I always go back to the same websites. Check Daily Mail. Check Facebook. Check my emails. It's not changed since 10 minutes ago. But it's a pattern. What? A pattern that you've got to break that says, no, I am motivated. I am dedicated. I am living under a spirit of excellence. Don't take excessive breaks or long lunches. Don't steal office supplies. It's only pens. It's only paper. No, I'm living under a spirit of excellence. I'm living in a way that's pleasing to God. Do above what is expected. Uh, This is how we stand out. This is how we begin to shine in our environments is when we say we're not mediocre. What is mediocre? Just enough. It's not... you're not the worst, but you're not the best. You're the best of the worst. You're mediocre. And the worst of the best. Work hard. Be a team player. Study to improve your skill set. Keep your work area clean. Let me ask you a question. Who works on a desk? Anyone you work on a desk? Give me a wave. Anyone who has a desk? Okay, confession time. If you'd say you have a clean desk, give me a wave. Okay, come on. The busy people shouted, that's because they don't do any work. Uh, There is an element of truth to that. But who knows, actually the better organized you are, the better you function. If you can't ever find anything on your desk... Guess what? You are not operating in a spirit of excellence. If it takes you an hour to find what you're looking for, you're not operating in a spirit of excellence. Organize your life. Organize yourself. I'm going to convict myself in a little while on something else. You'll see it when it comes up. Keep your area clean. Have a great attitude. Look people in the eye. Be polite. You say, well, no one ever says please and thank you to me. But can I tell you, let's make sure that we say please and thank you to everyone else. Why? Because they're operating in mediocrity and I'm going to operate in excellence. If I'm operating in excellence and I'm grateful for what people do for me and I'm 
I want to encourage people. I want to motivate people. The key to this is treating others as you would like to be treated. But I believe that excellence shouldn't just apply in our workplace, but excellence needs to apply in every area of life. What about your appearance? Well, can, I, can I go here? You know, sometimes you've got to make sure you're looking good to go to work. It can be easy to just go, well, this is what I wear, and I just go. But if you want to position yourself to go to the next level, then maybe you need to make an effort in how you appear at work. I remember working with this guy, um, and um, I I was working in a call center, and this guy showed up. And, and he was a new guy that just got employed into the call center. But he showed up fully suited, booted. You know, he had like waistcoat, tie. And he walked in and straight away you knew that he would not be on the sales floor very long before he was promoted. Why? His appearance. Before you'd even had a conversation with him, he was presenting himself as someone who was not going to be staying doing what he was doing for very long. Can I tell you, within a month or two, he was promoted above his station because actually his suit didn't determine how good he was. But can I tell you, we can apply the principle to our lives that actually our appearance does play an important part of what comes next. Look after yourself. Whether you wear dress clothes or casual, make sure your apparel is clean and neat. Have a shave. Don't look. You know, present yourself in a way as you would if you were to be the manager, if you were to be a senior partner, if you were to be, present yourself in a way that fits with the next level that you want to go to. Have Proper personal grooming habits, good hygiene, healthy diet. Oh, Jesus. Go to the gym now and again. Come on, people. Amen. Who knows first impressions last? People are making a decision about you in the first 10 seconds that they meet you. What is that based on? That's not based on how intelligent you are. It's not based on how good you are. That's based on what you look like. I wish it wasn't that way, but it's the fickle world that we live in. And so I have an opportunity whenever I meet anyone new to determine what they receive from me in those initial moments. Can I tell you, first meetings are important. And you don't know who this person is. Okay, I've got a little confession for you. We, we had a guy show up uh, to, to the food bank and, and it was on a day when the food bank was closed. And I was upstairs and I was meeting someone and this guy just comes up the stairs and he's like, I'm looking for the food bank. And I was a little bit like taken aback because one, I was like, how did he get in the building? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, but the food bank's closed. And he was like, oh, I was here. I've got a donation. And suddenly I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) And it was a big donation. In fact, it was a donation for £5,000 for our food bank. Yeah, how awesome is that? Yeah. But here's the thing. I nearly missed what God was doing 
Because I was looking at an appearance and it wasn't convenient for me in that moment. And for my standards, I was abrupt. Okay, I try not to be rude when I'm abrupt, but I was abrupt. And I thought, oh Lord, forgive me for having an attitude that was not welcoming. My perception of who I am can be perceived in those moments when I don't realize who it is who is before me. I often have this, and it's not so bad now, but often when volunteers come, if I've been out of the office and I come into the food bank, people sometimes think I'm here for food bank. I'm like, I'm the pastor. You should know who I am. But you don't know who the person is that's before you. So be slow to make a judgment based on their appearance. Treat everyone the way as if they're the, the, the owner of the company, as if they're the chairman of the board. Show everyone the honor that they deserve. And let the same be applied to you. Present yourself well in your initial moments. Third area we can apply excellence is in our car. And our home. Can I tell you, take care of your car, even if it's old. Let me ask you a question. If you own a car, give me a wave. All the car owners, give me a wave. Okay, here's the moment of conviction. Who would say their car is clean right now? I'm keeping my hand down. I'm like, oh, I know you, sometimes my car can become my office. Can anyone relate to that? It's like it just becomes a little bit of a dumping ground, everything. And in the back seat, bah! and then over time you look in the back and you're like, oh my word, I need to sort my car out. Or maybe it's little snacks and they get stuffed in the uh, little side pockets. And, but who knows, actually, if we're going to have a spirit of excellence, it has to apply to every area of our life. What does the Bible call this? The Bible calls this being good stewards. That we've been given things by God, and if we're faithful with the little, he'll give us the more. Just tell the person next to you, look after what you have. Clean your car, get it so it looks good. Follow through with regular maintenance. I don't know about you, but have you ever had those moments where all of a sudden there's someone and you want to be able to give them a lift. Yeah, you got me already, haven't you? And straight away your first thought is, can I bring them in the car or not? How do I get to the car and then bring them in? Who knows? Let's be ready. If we're going to live a life that's excellent, our car should be ready for us to take the boss in and not be embarrassed about Keep your home clean. Make your bed. I'm not going to ask you about your house. I'm not going to ask you about your bedroom. If only my daughter was in this room right now. Make your bed. Wash your dishes. Take out the, out the dustbins. Mow your garden. Fix broken items immediately. Living in a spirit of excellence. Again, I feel convicted. You ever had that list, you know, the list of jobs you've got to do around the house? How long has that list been there for? Was that list the same list last year? 
Is there areas of your house where you come to and every time you go, I really must get that fixed? Come on, I know I'm preaching to people right now. How? If we're going to live in a spirit of excellence, then we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to do what I need to do. What are the enemies to excellence? Can I tell you, laziness is an enemy to excellence. Good preaching, Pastor John. Final area we can apply excellence is when we borrow items. I don't know about you, but I've reached a point in my life where I don't want to borrow people's stuff. Do you know why? Because I find it's more hassle to borrow people's stuff. Why? Because I don't trust myself to give it back in a better state. And I want to live under a conscience where if I borrow something or someone of someone, that I return it in a better state than what I took it. That's called living in the spirit of excellence. If I always borrow stuff and it always gets lost, you are better off not borrowing stuff. Because it's not your stuff. We say, well, it's just a family member. No, I'm living in a spirit of excellence that says that actually I can be trusted with other people's belongings. If you borrow a car, return it with more fuel in it. Fill it up with diesel. I make it a principle. My dad often leaves his car um, on my drive when he goes to the airport. And he says, you can use my car. And, and, and I will make it a principle, even though he's my dad, even though he's got some money, I will still make sure that when he comes to pick his car up, the engine is full of petrol. Why? Because I'm operating in excellence that says, actually, you can trust me with your car. Can I tell you when you do things like that, people will trust you with more. People will bless you with more. People will see that actually you are someone that can be trusted. Excellence equals stewardship. Can I tell you, pay your bills on time. If you make a pledge, pay your pledge. Be someone that carries a spirit of excellence in every area of your life. Are you hearing me this morning? Sorry, I'm not shouting or getting excited. I'm trying to teach you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be mediocre in anything. You know, when I was a boy, I used to play football. I still play football, just not as fast or as well. I thought I was like Wayne Rooney, and I decided I was not going to be mediocre at football. I was going to give it everything I've got. Manchester United are finally back on track. Thank you, Jesus. Took down the Tottenham. Come on, it's been a good weekend. Good week of football. But my heart and my passion for football meant that I gave it everything. Can I tell you this is how we say we're not going to be mediocre? Some people, well, I just want to play the game. No, I don't want to play the game. I want to win. And I don't want to just play the game of life. I want to be a winner. I want to win at work. And the only way that I'm going to win is if I carry a spirit of excellence. What is that? It's a spirit that says I will not be mediocre. I'm going to do my best, be my best, give everything I can. Good preaching, Pastor John. So the second thing we need to apply is we need to apply excellence even when we are offended. This is what Philippians says. It says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, 
that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. He says, I want you to know what is excellent and I want you to be without offence. Can I tell you that one of the greatest enemies to excellence is offence? This is why Paul ties it together. What, what do you mean? It's easy when you get offended to stop being excellent. If you get offended in the workplace, man, they don't like me, they treat me rubbish, guess what happens? I ain't going to work as hard. Stuff them. I'm just going to come to work, do my job, go home. I don't care anymore. Don't like any of them. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. May as well go and eat worms. What am I? Offended. Offended. Offense will block excellence. And so we have to determine that we will not allow offense to hold us back in our workplace. Can I tell you, it is very easy to get offended in the workplace. It's actually probably even more easier to get offended in the workplace than it is to get offended at church. And actually, it's very easy to get offended in church. In fact, I have a gift of offending people. If you've not been offended, wait, your turn is coming. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. But you know what? You need to determine that offense will not shape you because offense will make you mediocre. It will make you hold back. And that isn't what's going to keep you at the level. In fact, by being offended, you will stay where you are. But if you'll break free from offense and rise into excellence, you have the potential to see your situation change. Are you hearing me? The Bible tells us that Joseph did not get offended. Joseph was thrown into a pit. He was thrown into the prison. I don't know about you, but about now I'd be getting offended with God. Oh God, why is my life so bad? Why have I been treated this way? Whoa, everyone hates me. Nobody likes me. Might as well go and eat worms. My life's over. I'm offended. But guess what? Joseph doesn't get offended. Man, that guy is an inspiration. I mean, his brothers betray him and the Potiphar's wife tries to do what she does and betrays him. and Everyone doesn't think about him, but he refuses to allow offense to come in. So at a point where he can excel, he's promoted to second in command. Whoa. You know, sometimes the devil is going to test you in trying to offend you before your promotion comes. Oh, I'm preaching good. You wonder why the challenge and the test is coming. The challenge and the test is coming because promotion is around the corner. Don't self-sabotage your life by missing the test. You know, there's an interview technique that when people interview people, if you want to find out whether someone's good or not, you deliberately offend them seen it many times. In fact, if you've ever been in an interview and you wondered, whoa, that guy really did not like me. No, he wants to see what your character's like. He wants to see whether you're a hothead. He wants to see whether you're going to react in that moment. He wants to see what comes out. This is why when you're in, in an interview, you need to make sure you are keeping calm, keeping composed, managing. Why? Because if you are easily offended, guess what? You ain't getting that job. 
trying to give you some wisdom. You know, Elam historically had a bit of a strategy for their ministers in trainings. And part of the strategies for ministers in trainings was that they would be tested. Win Lewis was one of the, the, one of the prime examples of this. He would make sure his ministers in training were thoroughly tested before they were given a position as a minister. And that would involve being tested, being offended, being left out, being pushed to the side. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that who he was putting in place was authentic. Can I tell you, offense will make you miss what God has for you. Having a spirit of excellence does not make you proud or better than anyone else. It makes you humble and thankful. It's a heart thing, not a hard thing. Third area you need to apply excellence is to your character. Bible says this in Matthew 7. It says, a good healthy tree cannot bear bad worthless fruit. Nor can a bad, diseased tree bear excellent fruit. Your character will determine your excellence of spirit. Philippians 4.8 says this. It says, Proverbs 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It says this in Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Can I tell you, excellence needs to carry over into our character. In fact, I want to tell you, if you can get an excellent spirit, you'll get excellent actions. Actually, the actions are a produce of what is going on inside. If excellence can come into your character, then excellence will come out in what you do. Spirit of excellence makes no room for insecurity because it's not about you, it's about getting the job done. I'm going to say that again. A spirit of excellence will have no room for insecurity. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about getting the job done. You know, I love the kind of people who, when there is a problem, don't melt down, don't give up, don't cave in but who have an attitude that says, what do we have to do to get the job done? No matter what it takes, we will make it happen. Oh, give me some make it happen, people. What is that? That's a spirit of excellence. People who say, I'm not going to get stuck in what is going on, but I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Can I tell you, when you live this way, you don't get caught up in yourself. It's not about you. It's about what you need to do to make it happen. And can I tell you, at Elon Wimbledon, we can only work with who we have. We can only work with what we got. Sometimes I wish we could be further along. But I tell you what, all we need is together, to come together, to give our best, to make it happen, to have the right attitude, to live under a spirit of excellence, and we'll be all that God wants us to be. Martin Luther King Jr. said, If I can't do great things, I can do small things in a great way. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to be. I want to do whatever I can in what I can. I remember the first times that I began to preach, I preached um, in what was called the Alpha Center in Breton. And I used to preach on a Sunday night. And that was the first opportunities I ever got to preach. I used to preach to about five people. One of them was my wife. 
And the other one was John Oak, because he played worship. He had to be there. And the third one was Laura, who was John Oak's girlfriend. But you know what? I used to prepare for those sermons as if I was preaching to the multitudes. I didn't pray and prepare any less than as if I was standing here before you today. Why? Because I was being faithful with the little so that I could be positioned for the greater. What is that? It's a spirit of excellence. Sometimes you'll remember the five Ps. Proper planning prevents poor performance. It's a bit of a tongue twister. But can I tell you, laziness is a friend to poverty and it's an enemy to excellence. If we prepare, if we plan, if we go after every little task as if it's the most important thing, we'll position ourselves for greatness. There is a difference between ordinary and extraordinary. It's just the little extra. That little extra that makes us excellent. When we talk about excellence, we're not talking about perfectionism. Let, let me just define this for you. So this is the definition of excellence. The quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Distinction, quality, superiority, brilliance, greatness, blah, blah, blah. Perfectionism. A personal standard, attitude, or philosophy that demands perfection and rejects anything else. Now, I often joke, I don't know about you, if you're a bit like me, Sometimes I say, well, I'm sorry, I'm just being a perfectionist. Actually, I'm not. I'm just wanting excellence. Come on, are you hearing me? There is a difference between the two. Sometimes you're going, actually, I'm demanding a higher standard. And yes, it's a softening thing. We sometimes say, I'm really sorry. I know I'm being a perfectionist. Actually, I'm not. I'm demanding excellence. But I want to see something done properly. What is a spirit of perfectionism, though? A perfectionistic attitude is when you demand nothing less than that. And we don't want to be perfection. Can I tell you, being a perfectionist will kill you. Why? Because you have to be the best. In fact, I don't have to be the best. I just have to do my best. Oh, are you hearing me? What is that? That's living under a spirit of excellence where I'm just trying to do my best, give it my best effort, rather than putting demands on myself that I cannot keep. Don't ever let anyone judge you for excellence by calling it perfectionism. I want to do things well. I want to be who God's made me to be. I, I, I love our worship team. I often see it with Tim and saw it this morning with Jono. Jono can be in worship practice. And he can be stopped and he can go, nope, someone played the wrong note. I want that note changing right now. <laughs> or it can be, oh, I mean, those keys, they're not quite right. We need a different sound on the keys. Now, some people will go, I'm offended. I know what I'm doing. No, what's that? That's a leader demanding excellence. It's a leader saying, hey, come on. It's the small details that will make a big difference. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? It's when we're saying, actually, rather than just doing what we can do, it's saying, let's do more than we can do. Let's push one another and say, hey, this is great, but if we just made this slight tweak, then we make it great, really great. I'll give you another example. We were working on the coffee shop, and our original plan was that we were going to do it in chalk. 
and we, we got it started to put in chalk and the menu to go up in chalk and we did it and it looked nasty. <laughs> and we could have just gone, well, that's the plan. Let's just leave it and let's just carry on. But you know, we went, forget it, start again. Let's come up with another idea. What's that? Excellence. Excellence. Every little detail being thought about. Final area we need to apply excellence is in our relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and the best gifts. It says in Matthew 22, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Can I tell you, I don't want to build a church of mediocre Christians. I don't want to build a church of lukewarm Christians. I want to build a church with people who have an excellent spirit. I want to build a church with people who are wholehearted. Do you know what? I, want, I would sooner have 20 people on fire for God than a full church. And I know people are probably doing some Christmas shopping today, and that's okay. I don't expect you to be here every week. But when you show up, come on. We need to say we're not going to be here just to do our duty. We're here to seek God. I want to ask you a question. Is it half done or well done? Half done or well done? You know, the Bible tells us a story. It's in Mark chapter 8. And it's when Jesus prayed for a blind man. And he said this. He said, can you see? And he said, the men are like trees. And so what did Jesus do? He came back a second time and he prayed for the man. And the man began to see. You see, I want to ask you this question of your life. Is it half done or well done? You see, you've either done the half a job or you've done the job properly. Too many people do half a job. There's builders, con contractors, constructors, half a job Harry's. That's what we call them. They do half the job and then they disappear with your money and you're forever going, come on, come back and fix it. But I don't want to be a half a job person. I want to be a person who when I get to heaven, Jesus says to me, well done, good and faithful servant. What is that? Living in a spirit of excellence. I'm finishing. Worship team, if you come. Let me give you three quick things. I just want to show you how you can live in a spirit of excellence. The first one is you've got to give your best. Not the best, but give your best. Give what you can. The Hebrew word for excellence is meget. It literally means choice. You have a choice to choose excellence. You have a choice to give your best. Not perfectionism, but being excellent. Second key to living an excellent spirit is it's all about the details. It's all about the details. Yes, it was about the big picture last week, being nice. But if you're going to be winning at work, it's all about the details. Yes, I need the big picture, but if I'm going to perform, if I'm going to win promotion, hear me. This is what the whole message is. I'm bringing it down to a crutch. It's all about the details. This is what separates you from everyone else. An excellent spirit, a detailed spirit. Ask yourself the questions. Is it finished? Can I add more? What can I improve? Did I give it my all? Would God be pleased with my work? Am I pleased with this work? Third key, do the job how you would want it if someone was doing it for you. 
Matthew 7.12 says, Do to others what you'd have them do to you. Well, you say, well, they aren't that bothered, so I don't need to do it to that level. Yes, you do. If you're going to stand out, if you're going to rise above, then come on, do it as if someone was doing it for you. Do it to the standard that you would expect. Do all things well. Not mediocre, not half-hearted, and you will prosper in 2020. Let me leave you with this scripture. Revelation 3.16. It says, so because you are lukewarm, what's that? Mediocre. So because you are mediocre, you're neither excellent nor rubbish. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Can I, can I paraphrase it? Because you're mediocre, you're not excellent or rubbish, I'm about to fire you. You hear my heart. You know, this is Bible. This is, this is what Jesus said. You know what? He wants his employees to be on fire. He's like, Pastor, Pastor John, it's God here in heaven. Right now, you're a little bit mediocre. It's time to increase your performance. We will be reviewing it in six months' time. We want some excellence. Thank you. Come on. You want to go to the next level? Mediocre isn't going to cut it. It's an excellent spirit. Will you stand with me? I want to pray over you. Father, we thank you for this house. And Father, we pray today that, Father, their zeal for the Lord would consume us. Father, I pray today that we would be caught up in your fire. Father, make us determined in this place to do whatever we need to do to go to the next level. Make us determined in our workplaces to strive to be excellent, to strive for greatness. God, I pray today, Father, that we wouldn't be lukewarm, that we wouldn't be mediocre, we wouldn't coast or go through the motions. But God, let an excellent spirit come upon us today. That we would be excellent, that we would give our heart, give our all, give everything. And that we would receive the rewards that you take us to the next level. Promotion comes from you. And so, Lord, I pray for every person in 2020. Take us to the next level. And Father, I pray for this house, that we wouldn't be lukewarm or tired. That even as we've served many years, don't let us grow cold. Don't let us be weary in well-doing. But God, I pray an excellent spirit to come upon this house. God, I pray right now that you'd fall with your fire upon us and that, that we'd get consumed by you again, that we'd give you everything again. God, we want you. And we say, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's worship.